And here we go. That's right. You have entered the red line zone. You're in red line. Sit down. Have a seat. Look around. Don't touch anything. It's like a museum. Cold and clammy. And yes, you're not allowed to touch anything. Well, two sweeps in a row by the Brewers and the Pirates. What do they have in common? They're in the National League Central where the Reds are. So the Reds got that going for them. What happened today? We had a lot of action. We had home runs. We had ejections. We had misuse of bullpen after the rookie manager David Bell was ejected. So if you listened to yesterday's Reds line recap and you knew that Freddie Benavides was pulling the strings, well, ladies and gentlemen, maybe I just know what I'm talking about. So how did this game start out? What happened? Well, let me tell you a little story. Disco was starting for the Reds against Chris Archer, who came to the Pirates last year with a trade with the Rays. Now, Chris Archer, I predicted, would beat the Reds yesterday 4-2. to But what happened, the Reds lost by a score of 5-7. to Well, 7-5, to Pirates way. So I was a little off, but I was right on what had happened. But here we go, and let's talk about how the thing started. Because I think a little bit of it's my fault. Yesterday in the game recap, I talked about Adam Frazier and the fact that David Bell had no business bringing in some loogie to face him because he wasn't like some world-beater left-handed power hitter that you had to worry about. So what happens in... It's just so funny. Disco gives up a home run to Adam Frazier in like the first inning. And I was sitting there going, man, did I just piss off the baseball gods? <laughs> and I'll, I'll take the blame. You can take a home run off Disco's 2019 total and put it on Jared Robertson Red's line. That's no problem. But I will say this. Disco gave up two home runs today. And I want to say one thing. Anthony, DeSclafani, if you throw a fastball grooved right down the middle, I got to tell you, they're going to hit the ball a long way, even Adam Frazier. Because the other guy that hit the other home run off of you was Josh Bell, who's a very large man. He plays first base for the Pirates. He's large, he's in charge, and yesterday he had like three extra base hits, or four extra base hits. The guy was going nuts all game long. So, Disco, word for the wise, and maybe this shouldn't be on my karma, if you throw a ball right down the middle, and I mean, Tucker Barnhart didn't even have to move his mitt, you're going to get took, taken deep. But that's not really the real bigger point that I'm going to get at. So the Reds are down one to nothing. There's a, they got a runner on first. 
and Derek Dietrich comes up. And what did I say about Derek Dietrich in um, the opening day preview? I said, hey, I hope that Derek Dietrich, Scooter Jeanette's somebody, and becomes a starter. Because what did Derek Dietrich do today? The guy hit two two-run home runs, has four, had four RBIs. He now leads the Reds with three home runs and eight RBIs on the year. So exactly what I hoped was going to happen with Derek Dietrich has happened. I don't think they can sit the guy anymore. They really got to play him at second base and use Peraza at center field. And maybe they'll, it'll get through to him to do that. I don't know what's going to happen. But besides the point, let me finish what had happened here. So Derek Dietrich hits a moonshot in the third for the Reds to take a 2-1 lead. And let me tell you something. Derek Dietrich drops the bat, stares at his long drive fly ball home run that landed in the water. And he just sat there. If he would have had a camera, I think he would have filmed this entire thing. Because to be quite honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, it was a moonshot. And he had plenty of time to sit there, grab a lawn chair, have a beer, sit down, have a cigar, have a little smoke, and, and wait till the, the ball landed in the river. And then he could have got up from his chair, put his cigarette out, walked over to the clubhouse, put his beer, his empty beer can in a trash can, and came back and then ran the bases. Because that ball, like, was out of there. And what I'm trying to describe to you is how Derek Dietrich just watched this moonshot landing. It was a phenomenal form by Derek Dietrich. But you know the history with the Pirates. They like to hit anybody with a red jersey as far as their pitchers go. Um, you saw Derek Dietrich go around the uh, bases, and you saw uh, the the Pirates catcher, Cervelli or whatever his name is, uh, jawed him a little bit. So here we are. We're in later in the game, and uh, Derek Dietrich is at the plate, and Chris Archer throws the ball behind him by about six or eight inches. Derek Dietrich didn't have to really move. He moved forward a hair, and uh, the umpire immediately warned both benches. Well, you know, David Bell, the one thing I do like about him is he has played the game. He is has the competitive juices. He was out on the field, going to go, you know, basically – I don't want to say it's uh, ape poo-poo, but he went like ape poo-poo on the uh, umpire. Well, while that was going on, uh, Iglesias, or not Iglesias, Yesiel Puig is like John at some other pirate, and he comes over the uh, clubhouse, uh, basically fence or whatever, bars, and he's running out there. And then you have this rodeo going on where Joey Votto's got... Yasiel Puig, like, not really cornered, but like, they're uh, like two offensive linemen going at it. Well, Yasiel Puig, or not offensive linemen, but you know what I'm saying. So they're basically like some football linemen going at it. And Yasiel Puig gets, gets around Votto, and uh, Tucker Barnhart basically has to grab uh, uh, Puig. And at one point, if you look at resonation number 4192, You'll see where Tucker Barnhart is like being drugged by Yasiel Puig, and he's down at his like ankles, 
It's like the greatest picture I've ever seen in my life, and it reminds me of the Bad News Bears. Remember when Tanner was a – they talked about how Tanner got beat up, and uh, Walter Mothal asked, asked the uh, other kid, Ogilby or whatever, uh, how many of them, and he's like, uh, Tanner took on the whole team. Well, this picture of Yasiel Puig is basically Yasiel Puig taking on the entire Pittsburgh Pirates team. It is a beautiful thing to see. Now – I'm not sitting here saying that we should have fights in baseball, but I'm telling you, this picture should be like sold at the Great American Ballpark. Yasiel Puig should autograph them all. They could probably raise enough money to bring in an ace pitcher off this deal because just the still shot of this with Buck, Tucker Barnhart at his at his feet, he's going to town in a sea of yellow. His Bright red jersey is in the sea yellow with his number 66. He's cranked back, ready to rock. It's amazing. you got to see it if you're not a member of Reds Nation number 4192. Anyway, so Puig gets uh, thrown out of the game. A couple Pirates were thrown out of the game later. Amir Garrett th- thrown out of the game later upon reviews. And it's just going great. Well, anyway, they get the game started back again. And... You know, Chris Archer strikes out Derek Dietrich. The entire Pittsburgh Pirates fans who remember in that playoff game chanted, Cueto, Cueto, Cueto. It was the most annoying thing ever. I don't like the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're an annoying team. In fact, I was annoyed when Andrew McClutchin won an MVP. I was like, Joey Votto won an MVP. This light waters down Joey Votto's MVP because Andrew McClutchin won an MVP. And now the Pirates have an MVP too. It was just that annoying, okay? So here, let's go down the story. Let's get the story further down the road about this game. So, Disco's pitching. He's giving up hits left and right. I told you he was a reliever. This may have just been a bad start because he was laying these pitches right down the middle, my friends. I mean, uh, everybody was getting hits off him, you know. So Josh Bell then homers off of him. It's a crazy moonshot, too. And then we're sitting here, and then Bell comes back up to the plate, and they're going to pull – uh, Disco, he's got like only like 63 pitches, I think, and they pull him after four and a third innings because they don't want him to face Bell again. Well, this was a major mistake. Now, I know that he's got like, he's already given up basically five earned runs or something or four earned runs, and then the other run got tacked on because he was uh, put on with five earned runs in the start, four and a third innings. But really, let him face Josh Bell. The guy's got 63 pitches. I understand that you're down, but you can't afford to, like, you've already lost Amir Garrett out of the, he's already been uh, benched, so you're already down a pitcher, and I know Amir Garrett pitched yesterday, and I know they got 1,976 pitchers out there in the bullpen, because that's how this front office constructs the roster, but then they bring in David Hernandez, and now, I'm not a big fan of David Hernandez. I really like that he took a bunch of rookie Reds pitchers out last year and bought them all suits so they could look like pretty slick coming off of the plane and stuff and going into the hotels because he said a veteran pitcher did it for him when he was younger and he wanted to pay it forward. So I, I really like that about David Hernandez. But I really didn't think he needed to bring in David Hernandez against Josh Bell. You're talking about a, a non 
superstar reliever, just a kind of a good innings eater dude, brought in there to face Josh Bell, who's literally on a roll. So if you ask me, just walk him. Have Disco walk him and face the next guy. But here's the funny part. What did I say earlier in this game recap about Freddie Benavides and maybe I know something? Well, yesterday's game recap, I'm talking about how the resident of veteran mentor, bench coach has been a manager maybe in the past to help David Bell with these pitching changes and knowing what's coming up in the game and in-game player management. Because David Bell is like, he's like a... A uh, gunslinger like Brett Favre with his bullpen. You know, here's one, here's one, here's one. You know, it's almost like Oprah giving out cars. Except David Bell's like, you get an appearance, you get an appearance, you get an appearance, you get an appearance. And they got like five relievers every game. So this is not going to even last a month, let alone uh, six months and an entire season. But back to this situation. So... Freddie Benavides brings in David Hernandez. And that's exactly what I was talking about, about the wrong players getting chosen. The wrong pitchers being brought in to face these hitters. Like, if I was going to bring in someone to face Josh Bell, I would have damn sure brought in uh, Josh Hughes, a sinker baller. Someone where Josh Bell can't get lift on the ball. You bring in... Hernandez, David Hernandez, who's throwing 92, 93, 94, as long as Josh Bell gets wood on the ball, it's going up in the air and driven, which is exactly what happened. So, now, it wasn't like a home run, but he still put it in the corner, run scored, got two runners on, and the game kind of got out of hand from there. The Reds are down like 7-3. Well, here's my favorite part of the game. Later on in the game, Derek Dietrich is back up. So guess what Derek Dietrich does? He's got a runner on he's got a runner on or duck on a pond. Derek Dietrich jacks his second home run of the game, which made it so awesome because of the strikeout after the brawl. And then so Derek Dietrich comes back up and just jacks another one. Now he didn't sit there and uh, draw a picture of it like he did the last time, but he got around the bases. The Reds were down seven to five, kind of made a comeback. They pinch it, Joey Votto in the top of the ninth. You know, they give a gallant effort in this game, and hopefully this little brawl will turn the season around for them, get some fire under them. Maybe the Derek Dietrich, you know, Scooter Jeanette impression will have the front office and David Bell go, okay, well, we got to fit this guy in the lineup every day. And he doesn't need to be in the outfield. He needs to be at second base. So either they got to put Peraza back at shortstop, and have Derek Dietrich at second until Jeanette gets back. Or, if they want to do the smart thing, they'll put Peraza in center field and Dietrich at second and take advantage of the, the defense that Iglesias can bring to the shortstop position for right now until they got to make some other moves when Jeanette gets up back from injury and so does Senzel. So, ladies and gentlemen, what can we talk about now? Let's talk about three good things. Well, the top of the list is Derek Dietrich. What can you say about him? I already said he was leading the team in home runs and RBIs. Has three home runs, has eight RBIs on the year. Derek Dietrich went two for four today with two runs and four RBIs. Now, he did strike out twice, too. 
The guy is an all hit or miss, but he does strike out a little bit. But man, he's got a nice swagger to him. He brings some passion to this lineup. So I really, really think the Reds got to figure out how to play him every day. Now, what I didn't tell you was that Scott Shebler was not batting leadoff today, which was a good thing. But what we were, where he was batting was the third. And I, when I saw this lineup, I was like, what are you doing? Well, this is going to go into my good things, ladies and gentlemen. Shebler was two for four with a run and an RBI. He hit a, a solo shot. So he got his first home run of the year. He's over half the Mendoza line. He's hitting 138 now. Now, he hit a, a hanging curveball by Chris Archer. So this curveball did not curve. And I said in the comments in Reds Nation 4192, I'm like, great. Now this is going to justify the front offices and David Bell's use of Scott Shebler every day in center field. And now for forever, he's going to be stuck in the starting lineup. Well, yeah, he was two for four today with that solo shot, but I still don't think he's the answer. They got too many left-handed hitters anyway. They got Dietrich now. They'll have Jeanette. They got Votto. Shebler, they just need to use Shebler late in the game, coming off the bench to get fastballs and those hanging curveballs off of a hard throwing relievers. But I'm going to put that under the good things. Scott Shebler, two for four, have a home run. What else can I say about good things? Well, Robert Stevenson came out, pitched an inning and a third today, struck out two batters, really finding kind of a nice little niche going out there, has, you know, has the same release point, looking really, really good. His ERA is 1.69. And in a bullpen that is getting misused and overused, Robert Stevenson is finding a way to get the job done. So there's the good things. What about the bad things? Disco. Actually, I was wrong. Disco got hung up for six earned runs. I only thought it was five earned runs. That's on me. But anyway, I guess he, like I said, he had some runners on when they brought in uh, David Hernandez to pitch to Bell, and Bell, you know, broke open the gates. So the bad things, Disco, I don't believe he's a starter. I believe he needs to be in the bullpen. So if the Reds can swing a deal for a starter or they bring up Lucas Sims, I think Disco needs to go to the bullpen. What I would do is I would – send down Wandy Peralta and bring up Phil Irvin to have a center fielder, a guy that can play center fielder late in games, unless they're going to bring up or send out Jose Peraza out there because, I mean, they got to do something. Uh, what else bad happened today? Well, Joey Votto didn't start. Puig got thrown out. Uh, Jesse Winker is starting to concern me. He was 0 for 4 today with two strikeouts. He's batting below 50 cents. He's batting 0.042. I don't know. I've been a real big fan of Jesse Winker. Maybe they need to put him in the uh, seventh hole behind Peraza, as I said at the beginning of the year, um, that he would, uh, you know, he's going to put the ground ball on the ground every now and then. 
maybe it would be better that he bats behind Peraza to limit these double play balls later in the lineup. So while I do like his on-base percentage, he does a high on-base percentage guy, maybe it's just he needs to be back in the take the pressure off of him, get seventh in the lineup, just be sitting there with more opportunities with runners on base, not trying to take the first pitch, just you know, let him go out there and play baseball, go up to the plate, try and get knocks. What else happened bad today? I'm going to tell you. It was just bad use of the rotation. Disco's sitting there with like 63 pitches thrown, four and a third innings, or 65 pitches, I'm sorry. I thought it was 63. Only 65 through four and a third. That's nothing. I mean, it's more than, you know, 10, 12 in an inning, but still, walk Josh Bell. Your bullpen can't survive this. I don't even know what they were thinking after the three-inning, the three-pitcher reliever sixth inning yesterday. And that's why I say, you know, Freddie Benavides, guy's been around a long time, but maybe the Reds need a little bit more veteran presence that can do some in-game planning here. So, the Reds lost 7-5. to Where do we go from here? Well... This brawl that happened might have brought the team together. David Bell probably, the team is probably looking at him in a different light today than they have the day before, you know, because, you know, he was out there defending his guys, which whatever you want to say about David Bell not being prepared and making rookie manner mistakes, that is so admirable. And in that clubhouse, it's got to do something. You know, I said a couple days ago they needed to do something to shake up that clubhouse. I never thought it would be a brawl. I still think they need to trade Tucker Barnhart, even though I really like Tucker Barnhart. I think the Padres trade makes a lot of sense. Get the Reds younger. Get him some pitchers in the pipeline. Maybe this will shake him up and the trade won't be needed. But I still think they need to bring in a veteran bench coach a veteran manager that David Bell doesn't have to worry about his job just to do some in-game managing. Because what I saw out of David Bell today, you got to respect David Bell. you got to appreciate what he did for every one of those players in the clubhouse today. When he, was, when he rushed the uh, umpire, it was like, I mysteriously forgot you used three pit relievers in the sixth inning yesterday. But no, you can't forget about it. But... You forgave a little bit because, you know what? You could tell David Bell's tired of losing. And Yasiel Puig, he's tired of losing. That's what we need as fans of this team. And what we really got to have is Bob Castellini get tired of losing. And that's what the big rumor around the internet stratosphere is, is that is Bob Castellini who said we they will not repeat last year's uh Losses, what's he thinking every night, okay? What's going down with Dick Williams and Walt Jockety at night between Bob Castellini and those two guys? So I'm telling you, Bob Castellini has got to see, hey, we've made, I made, we've made all these changes. My, I've committed more to the uh, payroll. What hasn't changed? He's got to understand that it's the front office. A guy doesn't become a billionaire by walking into it. So... Hopefully, Bob Castellini will see a light on this deal and be like, maybe I need to do some shakeup. 
Maybe I need to listen to Resline. Maybe I need to get Jared Roberts of Resonation number 4192 on the phone. Maybe we need to get in Wally Backman to be the bench coach. Maybe we need to do some things. Maybe we need to hire overpay for some guys to come over here in the scouting department and run this development department and and have the best scouts available doing the best picks. Maybe Bob Castellini will get tired of this because right now the excuses are null and void. If you listen to my game recap yesterday and listen to my rant about what is the same, what is the same? They brought in new players. They improved the pitching and the starting immensely. But the losing's the same. What else is the same? New manager, new players, new starters. But what two things are the same? The losing and the front office. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jared Roberts, your host of Red's Line, and one of the guys that started, Res Nation number 4192, Maybe everything he's been saying since Walt Jockety's been making the worst trades in baseball history since Frank Robinson got traded and Babe Ruth got traded. Maybe, just maybe, I know what I'm talking about here. So, what's going to happen now? Where do they go from here? Well, you're about to see they're going to have a game day, a game, a day off tomorrow. And then the, the Miami Marlins are coming to Cincinnati, and they're going to have a game on Tuesday. And it's going to be a pitcher I really like, Jose Urena, for the Miami Marlins. And if the Reds could somehow swing a deal for this guy, man, he's a little Jose Rijo because that guy's lights out. And uh, the Reds got Luis Castillo going for him. I'm really hoping he's going to be re- extra really jacked to face the team that traded him. I'm hoping Luis Castillo keeps rolling and that changeup keeps making mincemeat of Major League Baseball hitters because the Reds have probably got a good chance to beat up on the Marlins. Now, I said the Reds had a chance to beat up on the Pirates too, and I was just completely wrong. Um, the Pirates are playing young players, young prospects, Jason Martin, uh, Adam Frazier, some other guys are out there, and those guys all want to win. And they're, and Josh Bell, who you know had a, drove in some runs last year, I think hit 18 home runs, had some growing up to do. Man, the guy's coming into his own. Didn't expect Josh Bell to go all Frank Thomas on the, on the Reds pitching staff the last few games. But, hey, the Reds have just been swept twice in a row by division rivals. Okay. Right now, it's not any fun. The Reds got to figure out what they're going to do. Because right now, they've got to make some changes. And I don't care what anybody says. Scott Shelbor batting leadoff or batting third is not the answer. They got to move Jose Peraza out there to center field. Peraza profiles better as a center fielder, is more valuable as a center fielder, is going to catch more balls in the gaps in center field. It's just going to make for a better situation. Derek Dietrich will go to play every day. I'm a firm believer that Derek Dietrich is 2019's version of 2017's uh, Scooter Jeanette because, you know, there's so many similarities. The guys bring just an exuberance to the team that they didn't have before. Derek Dietrich is a little cocky. you got to love that. 
you know, get this Reds, this new Reds, uh, this little big red machine that they got going on here, and they got to get having fun. And I really think they need to do that trade and shake up the roster just a little bit to let the Reds know that, you know, as players, you guys are ultimately held accountable for winning. you got to want to win. And right now, you can't say that about everybody on this Reds team. And I'm not trying to be rude. I don't want any Cincinnati Red ball player to be like, oh, that Jared Roberts is a jerk. But, you know, you you just see it as they're down. You just see during the games that it's like some of these guys are just waiting on someone else to show up and produce. And if you're a fan of baseball at all, you know what I'm talking about, about sometimes seeing teams go through the motions. And I'm not saying the Reds are going through the motions. I'm saying that it just seems like sometimes the whole team is waiting for someone else to, you know, it's like if player A is like, oh, well, you know what? If I don't get a hit, you know, Joey Votto's coming up. I, he'll get the hit. And that's what I think is going on. This team needs, and that's why I say they take, they've taken on the personality of their leadership. So that's why I wanted to bring in a Wally Backman to be the bench coach to really fire up these guys. In fact, maybe I'll even write a letter to Mr. Castellini myself and pitch uh, Wally Backman for a bench coach job. It's not like you're going to remove Freddie Benavides. That's not what I'm saying here. Bring in Wally Backman to be a bench coach. Let Freddie Benavides stay on as an infield instructor or assistant manager or whatever you want Freddie Benavides to do. But I can tell you this, Freddie Benavides is not the right guy for this group of uh, players. And I'm not being rude to Freddie Benavides. they got to have a guy like Doug Mankiewicz or Wally Backman who's going to bring a little bit of strut. You know what? They need like Derek Dietrichs to be 20 years older and be the manager, basically. So, what can else we say before Reds Lines game recap ends? Well, you, they can't get much worse. That's all I'm saying. Uh, they started out last year three and fifteen. Now they're one and eight. What's going to happen the rest of the way? Well. Reds Nation, if they don't make some changes like I'm saying, because you can't make drastic changes, you fired David Bell, I think you've hung the season out to dry. you got to bring in a veteran manager that's grizzled, that has a little bit of cockiness to him, and I think Wally Backman is the answer. So uh, let's hope the Reds listen to Reds line. Let's hope the Reds front office goes, hey, JR knows what he's talking about. Let's hope Bob Castellini says, listen to Red's line, listen to that guy, because the season's not over yet. And the pitching is still led by Castillo, Gray, and Malay. I still believe Malay is going to be a world beater. And Tanner Rourke is going to give him 200 innings of just, you know, uh, lunch pail, construction worker, 200 innings. He's going to, you know, be the basically the glue of that entire rotation, man. So, there is not the season's not over. There's too much talent on this team. I'm mad as hell about David Bell's pitching choices and how he, you know, 
you get an appearance, you get an appearance, you get an appearance. So Oprah Bell, you need to you need to have someone help you with these game plans and game planning, and tell Freddie Benny's to have a coconut smile because we got to win some games. We got to run this rotation and these relievers a little bit different, and we got to make a little changes to the lineup. Maybe put Winker in the seventh hole. Who cares who's leading off? That's irrelevant at the point anymore. They need to get some hits strung together. I think the only way to do that. And, oh, and one more thing. Whoever wants Jose Peraza to lead off, stop talking. Because Jose Peraza is doing great in the sixth hole. He's producing. That's where he needs to be. Okay, I would rather have Tucker Barnhart lead off than mess with Jose Peraza's uh, game right now. So, basically, they need to move Winker to the seventh hole behind Peraza. I don't care if you let Puig lead off. But I will tell you this. They need to move Votto back to three. Maybe have uh, Suarez hit second or Puig hit second. Whatever the case may be, I'd probably just keep Puig behind Votto. Hit him fourth. Maybe Suarez second. You know, whatever you got to do. Just do not move Peraza to lead off. It'll jack up what he's got going on right now. And I think Jose Peraza will probably build on a season he did last year and have another just good, not great, just good, serviceable season. Hopefully he'll have another 180 hits and he can build off that. So, I will see you all Tuesday night for another Reds Line game recap. Oh, by the way, before you leave... You need to pick up all your trash. You need to make sure that you put those straws in the trash bins. And you need to not leave any drinks or any... And you you know what? Make sure that all the coasters and all the drinks are on the coasters. And throw away all your trash. Because Redsline is about to shut down. Okay? So this is last call for Redsline. Last call for Redsline.